Welcome to Grace on the Go. This episode is from the 11 p.m. service on Christmas Eve 2019, featuring both Pastor Jonathan Dinger and Pastor Jim Von Bush. The scripture passage highlighted for today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 11. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. God's mercy and His peace and His grace are with you in Christ Jesus, our infant King. So it's interesting, this service, because it doesn't feel very Christmassy to start. You know, what does Christmassy feel like? Uh, maybe we have to sing Jingle Bells. Uh, but this is as Christmassy as actually as it gets. And I want to just spend a moment maybe going down memory lane. We'll see how many of you can date yourself along with me. How many of you remember uh, ice cube trays? How about ice cube trays that had a pull handle? All right. How about black and white TV? How many of you grew up watching black and white TV? I remember it was one of our wedding presents. It was a black and white TV. Um, how about a washer with a ringer on it? Um, or a phone in which you had a party line? That did not mean you called to have beer sent to your house. That's not what party line meant. People would listen in on your conversations. Or how many of you remember a library card? Or a carburetor? Cassette tapes? Oh, here's a good one. Replaceable flash bulbs for your camera. Pay phones? How about this one? This may sound very obscure, but this is my own memory. One, one, now hear this, one megabyte memory upgrades. <laughs> to go from one megabyte to two megabytes of RAM. Or here's my favorite, girls' jeans without holes. <laughs> mm. It's a distant memory. You know, that's just a joke, that one. Some of those others seems kind of like ancient history, um, but not to me. And those of us that have those memories or live with them, um, it doesn't seem like ancient history. It really seems more like yesterday. You know, the first of the promises that we heard here tonight was a promise actually spoken in the form of a curse on the devil, on Satan, who had drawn Adam and Eve into temptation and by their own willfulness disobeyed God's law, which they knew. They knew. And so that prophecy, I mean, it's 6,000. It happened 6,000 years ago, give or take. 6,000 years, 60 centuries. And it was recorded for us, oh, about uh, 35 centuries ago. And then the other prophecies that you heard, whether they're from Isaiah or ones that we know from other locations, come to us 29, 27, and even 24 centuries ago. Ancient words. So I took, when I took a trip to the Holy Land, one of, the, one, of my great, one of the best stops for me was the museum in Jerusalem, the Jerusalem Museum. And uh, the people on the bus did not realize that once I went into that museum, I wasn't coming out. And they were stuck there. Um, and so it was, because uh, the thing that was just so stunning to me is, so we're going through the museum, and I got to see a codex, a very famous codex, um, 
which is sad now because it is now that city in Syria is now destroyed where that codex was developed. It's now gone. I mean, it's just destroyed. And, uh, but I'm wandering through, and they have this a huge scale model of Jerusalem, about as big as this room of the ancient city. Amazing. But there was a section that nobody even told me about, and that's where I lingered for about 45 minutes, just in that one room, because it was Canaanite artifacts. And some of those artifacts were between five and 6,000 years old. Human implements, tools, a, a, a doll, um, uh, metal pieces, fabricated, human fabricated elements, five to 6,000 years old. Think about that. I mean, if we had a copy of the Declaration of Independence, we would think that was old. Five to 6,000 years old. And I just was uh, just captured by it. I was just kind of, I just, I had to read every word on it because I did not even know that that display was in there. But it was Canaanite, uh, the people that preceded the Israelites and the Jews in the, in the Promised Land and the Holy Land. And it struck me as I was looking at that because I said, those are so ancient. They're just so, I can't hardly fathom it. But they weren't old to the people who used them. And that's what struck me. To the people who used them, they were new. To my mom, a ringer washer was a great invention. And to my dad, an ice cube tray that you could actually get the ice cubes out of was a big deal that you could actually watch a man land on the moon in black and white was awesome. And it was new. And so as I look at these words, the thought that I want to give you from these Old Testament words that lead us to the birth of Christ is that the value, you know, those things were not old to them. And they certainly were not old. Those words were not old to God. When the... when when God makes a promise to Adam and Eve, it was brand new to Adam and Eve. When he made the promise to Abraham that all nations would be blessed through him, it was a new word to him. A new promise. Not an ancient promise. A new promise. Right now. When God made the promise to the people of Israel through Isaiah, or whether it was Malachi, or whether it's through the psalmist, every one of those words was new. And we think they're old. And in the age in which we live, we too often think old things are bad. Or old things aren't important. Or people who lived a long time ago were dumb. And it couldn't be farther from the truth. Those ancient words were new words. And they remain new for the one who made the promise. For the God who made the promise, the words are never ancient. They're always today. And so the value of those words is not that they're old. It's that they're true. And that truth is endured because it was fulfilled in Christ. The value of these ancient words is that they are promises that are kept. And therefore they are words that live. These words were new to the people who heard them. They were new to Adam and Eve in the garden or to elderly Abraham, to a stiff-necked, stubborn people in rebellion to God. They were undeserved promises, undeserved grace and mercy. They were new to them, but they remain new to every believing heart throughout every age who hears them. But they would be empty words if it ended here. If our service stopped here, they would be empty words. 
But what follows is the record of how God has kept these promises. Unexpectedly. Oddly. Uncomfortably. But kept them he has. And so his promises are new to us every day. Especially as we stand on the verge of a new day. A Christmas day. Celebrating the birth of our Savior. So this morning, my family was gathered around our breakfast table, and as customary, I offered a prayer on our family's behalf, thanking God for the gifts He has given. And I thanked Him specifically this morning for a good morning. It was a good morning. All four of us were sitting around that table together, and that doesn't happen very often anymore, and so it was a good morning. And we had plenty of yummy food. It was really good. And there was lots of it. And so we were enjoying each other's company and the conversation and the food we were eating. And in fact, I thank God for the promise of the things that were going to come today. The gifts of services to gather together with His family, His people in this place and rejoice in His gift of His Son, Jesus Christ, and the birth of a baby 2,000 years ago. But as I was praying, I was also reminded that there are many who for this morning was not a good morning. And so I ask God for grace and mercy on behalf of all those who may have been struggling this morning, facing tremendous struggles in life and circumstances, maybe grieving losses, enduring even painful memories. And so I ask God to give His grace to them. We have opportunities. Each one of us have opportunities to be present in people's lives during those painful moments. And I know I can speak on behalf of both Pastor Dinger and myself that we are highly honored when you invite us into those painful moments to be there with you, to hopefully share God's peace and mercy but sometimes the question becomes, what do you say? Right? When you have been with people in those moments, there's those times when it seems like there are no words to be shared. What do you say? And just recently, I found myself in the midst of those who were suffering, those who are grieving. And as I was entering into those places, I would pray and I would ask the Holy Spirit, to give me the words to say. That I would know what to say to the folks who needed to hear His words of grace and comfort. However, sometimes there is just nothing that can be said. Sometimes there are no words that work as a salve or a balm to give comfort. And in those moments, I seek to just be present. I may be silent but I just want to be present in that moment. As Pastor Dinger already mentioned, there were these 400 years of silence. After the last prophet spoke the words of God, there was silence. And even though there was the people crying out to Him, it seemed as though God was silent. But please understand that silence does not mean Absence. 
Silence does not mean absence. God was present every day, every moment of those 400 years. He was providing. He was showing grace and mercy. He was listening to His people. Partly there was silence because there was just nothing more to be said. He had spoken through His prophets. The words had been given. And as the author of Hebrews said, those words had been shared with His people about a promise. The promise of the One to come. The promise of the One who fulfilled all those prophecies. So there just wasn't anything more to be said until until God broke the silence. And so the angel said to Mary, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. He broke the silence when he had the angel say, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And so it was that while they were there in Bethlehem, Joseph and Mary, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son. It was a fulfillment of a plan. A plan that began in the garden when God said there would be one who would come, who would crush the head of the evil one, and he would give us redemption, atonement for our sins, fulfillment of a plan. And so God broke that silence when he sent his son. So now I mentioned the four of us were together this morning around the <coughs> breakfast table. And, uh, you know, that was not actually the plan. It was not the plan that uh, Teresa and I were anticipating because Teresa um, Shelby works in Jackson now currently. And so what we had been told, what the plan was, is that she would leave today after work and get here just in time for this service. And so that's what we were expecting and anticipating and watching the weather reports and concerned about our daughter driving home on what roads may have been like, and, and, uh, and, but hoping that she would make it here in time for this service. And then the plan included her being here for just barely over 12 hours. Sometime tomorrow after lunch, she'll have to drive back to Jackson because she has to show up and go to work. This adult thing, right? Adult thing. So, for Teresa, Joshua, and myself last evening, it was just another ordinary evening. One like many others before. We were just doing our tasks around the house, getting things ready for today. And we had already tucked Joshua in for the evening, and, and so we were just cleaning up a few last-minute things. And I heard a car come up our driveway. And you must understand, not many cars come up our driveway, especially not at 1030 at night. And I said to Teresa, who could that be? Who just pulled in front of the house? And, you know, around our neck of the woods, UPS has been delivering late into the evening. And so Teresa says, well, maybe, maybe it's the UPS. 
driver dropping off a last-minute package. And so I'm thinking, well, I better meet this person at the door. So I flipped on the porch lights, and I went outside onto the porch trying to make their job a little bit easier, and I see this person getting out of a car in the driveway. Still in the dark, mind you. I need to, I need to explain that part. <laughs> yeah, she was, this person was getting out of the car in the dark, and so I just shouted out, hello. And she responded with, hello. And at this point, I still don't know. <laughs> it hasn't connected for me that it's my daughter. <laughs> She's not supposed to be here till the next day. And so I'm walking further closer to her, and then she walks into the light, and I see it's my daughter, Shelby. And I still am kind of like, who are you? <laughs> it, my brain just took a minute to catch up with what was happening before me, and then all of a sudden I realized, this is Shelby. And I ran over, of course, gave her the great big hug and kiss, and then Teresa comes out of the house, and she comes running across the porch, and, you know, this wasn't the plan that we were anticipating, but it was her plan. See, it was her plan all along. We asked her, when did you know you were going to have Christmas Eve off of work? I mean, did you just find out yesterday? I mean, when, because I had talked to her on the phone that evening. I called her up and I said, how was your day and how did things go today and what are you doing this evening? And she says, well, I'm listening to the Handel's Messiah and drinking hot chocolate alone. And I was like, okay, in her car. I didn't know that part. <laughs> it was her plan all along. We asked her, when did you find out? She says, oh, in the beginning of December, they told me I would have today off and I was going to come home and surprise you. She was silent for those days. Silent. Made me wonder, you know, if you can be that. Never mind, we won't go there. <laughs> she was silent until she broke the silence by pulling up into the driveway. She knew her plan. We knew she was coming home. She knew when. She knew when she would be here. And so when that happened, in that moment, there was great rejoicing. And so on that night, when Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem, a night like so many other nights, God fulfilled his plan. He made it the most extraordinary night because God had promised to send a Savior, and he knew when. We heard those ancient words, and God knew when they would be fulfilled and who would fulfill them. So the angel said to the uh, shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now when the wise men saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. That was the wise men. When they first saw the star, they rejoiced. When they saw the young child with Mary and his, his mother, they fell down and worshipped him. 
in that moment, in that moment, the shepherd said, let's go to Bethlehem and see what the angels have told us about. And they praised God. In that moment, the wise men saw the child and they worshiped him. Right now, right here, in this moment, God is with us. In this moment, and in the next moment, and the next, and the next, God is with us in every moment. For God did the thing that was unimaginable. He joined us. He became a member of the human race. And He died on the cross in our stead. John wrote, For the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. <clears throat> the glory as of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Amen.